0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Narration by George podcast, the podcast on audiobooks, spiritual ideas, and other items of interest. And we're presenting podcast number 96 today as we continue looking at the book of Ephesians in the Bible. We're going to finish chapter one today. Last week, I, as I opened the podcast, I told you that we were going to be doing a couple of things differently. First of all, we're moving to an Every Other Week podcast for a while. I've got some other obligations that have been laid on me, and I need to be able to take care of them. And we're going to focus on spiritual matters as we explore this book of Ephesians. So we continued this week with the second part of chapter 1 of Ephesians. Last week we focused on one of the opening verses in the book. Paul wrote this in verse 3 of chapter 1, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We looked at what those spiritual blessings are for us the fact that God loves us, that God chose us even before He made the world that he will adopt us into his family because he wants to, that he pours out his grace upon us, that he bought us out of our slavery to sin into his freedom, that he has forgiven us. And Paul concludes in verse 9, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Amazing, isn't it? That God loves us so much to do all of this for us. But each time Paul reminds us of a blessing, he reminds us that this blessing comes through Jesus Christ, God's one and only Son. It is only through Christ that we can enjoy the blessings God promises to us. And that's what Paul reminds us of in this next segment of Scripture. Read with me, if you will. I'm in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. I'm going to the end of the chapter, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now, you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ— He identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Whoa, when I read passages like this, I get goosebumps. Let's start with the very first phrase. God has now revealed to us His mysterious will regarding Christ. So do you like mysteries trying to figure out who done it? I enjoy them. Paul, however, is talking about revealing the greatest mystery of all time. God hinted all through the Old Testament to his people, the Jewish nation, that a special man would come. The Messiah would be the one who would bring healing and freedom to God's people. But God hinted at a whole lot more, more that no one could imagine. Now, Paul says, it is revealed that God will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. In other words, Christ, the Messiah, will be in charge of everything. Furthermore, if we have been united in Christ, we are part of the mystery. We have received an inheritance from God. God intended this to be revealed through his people, the Jews. The Jews were the people chosen by God from the time of Abraham to be his representatives on earth. They were set apart for special blessings and consideration from God, But they were also expected to worship and honor him with their lives. It was through the Jews that the lineage of Jesus was protected. But now Paul says, you Gentiles, and that's his way of saying you who are not Jews, have heard the truth and have been identified by God as his people also. So we who are not Jews can also be what the Jews were chosen to be, God's representatives On earth. And how do we know this? Paul said he did this by giving us his Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the inheritance. What is this Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God's presence living inside each believer whose daily commitment is to live for God. It is promised to any believer who has demonstrated his faith in Jesus Christ in baptism. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. What does that mean for us? The Holy Spirit is described in today's passage as not just God's presence in us, but God's power living in us. Look at verses 19 and 20. It reads, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor, at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The power of resurrection, the same power that brought Christ up out of a death grave, is living in us. I must emphasize, though, that this inheritance and this power is promised to those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ to the glory of God. God has put everything under the authority of Jesus Christ, made him the head of all things. And then Paul emphasizes that the church, the community of followers of Jesus Christ, is the body of Christ. Again, we ask, what does that mean? Well, think of a human body. What does the human body do for the head? With my head, I think and I cause my body to act. I satisfy my needs for nourishment, rest, movement, etc. What can my body do without my head? The answer is nothing. What if you're a believer of Christ but are disconnected from the head? What can you do for him? That's who you are if you believe in Christ but are not connected to a body of believers. Without your fellow body members, you're not able to do anything for the head. You're not connected to him. So if you're a believer, but you haven't made the effort to find a church home, let me urge you to do so. Connect with the head so that you can be an effective member of the body. What if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God? Well, you're left out of the blessings and the power that we've talked about today and last time. Our only connection with Jehovah God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, no one can come to the Father except through me, John chapter 14, verse 6. Now, that's a controversial statement. After all, there are other teachings out there which will totally ignore the fact that Jehovah God interfaces with his creation, you and me, through the Savior Jesus Christ. Many say there is more than one way to get to God or into heaven. The belief system which tells me that I can get to God on my own doesn't understand how imperfect and weak that I am. The reason I know Christ is real is simple to me. God understands my weakness and came down to me in the form of a man, Jesus Christ, to address my weakness, to empower me with his spirit, to comfort and strengthen me in my walk with him by living in me. God came to me. God reached down to me to bring me to him in spite of my weakness and sinfulness. I cannot get to God, but God can and did get to me. Next time, we're going to look at the first part of chapter 2 in Ephesians. Paul talks more about this as we look at God coming down to us. And I invite you, please check back in two weeks. Don't miss that particular study. I want to draw your attention to an audiobook which I have produced and is now available through several different outlets. It includes Audible.com, the iTunes Store, and CD Baby. The Swaddling Clothes is the story of the clothes which covered Jesus as a baby. These clothes are mentioned twice in the scriptures, but there is no mention of their origin or Where'd they come from? Are they significant in the story? Author Amber Shamel gives a historical fictional account of where these clothes might have originated, what they might have meant. I'm going to play you an extended sample of the book. This is from the end of the book, at the time of the birth of Jesus. The morning was warm and clear as Mary folded the last of the bread in clean napkins and tucked them into the bag. A long walk awaited them, and she prayed that the food she had been able to prepare would be enough. Hoisting the bag over her shoulder, she stepped outside. Peering inside the shop, there was no sign of her husband. Where would he have gone? Joseph? A thud sounded from the far side of the room. Ah! Joseph backed out from under the table where he had been working. Mary bit her lip to keep from laughing. "'Are you all right?' he winced as he rubbed his head. "'I think I'll escape death this time. "'Are you almost ready?' "'I think so. "'How are you going to leave the shop for so long?' "'Yigal has agreed to finish up for me since he doesn't have to go anywhere. "'I think God created his family out of Nazareth dirt.' "'Mary laughed. "'That's kind of him. "'I've prepared some bread for our journey. "'Do you think it will be enough? "'What you have will do.' "'Anything more we'll have to purchase along the way. "'I've just one more thing to do before we leave. "'Why don't you rest a while? "'You'll need your strength for this journey. "'You're right. "'Just tell me when you're ready.' "'Grateful for the rest, Mary laid down inside the house. "'She had closed her eyes for what seemed to be mere seconds "'when Joseph shook her. "'Mary, Mary, it's time to go.' Rubbing the sleepy haze from her eyes, she sat up. Joseph helped her stand and led her outside. He tossed her bag on the back of a white donkey that was tied outside his shop. Mary stopped. "'What is that?' Joseph looked up at her with a sparkle of mischief in his eye. "'It's a donkey.' "'Yes, but how did you get it?' "'I traded for it. You didn't think I would let you walk all that way, did you?' "'Oh, Joseph!' She reached out and stroked the donkey's neck. What do you say, fella? Can you carry a heavy woman all the way to Bethlehem? Leaning down to the donkey's level, Joseph imitated the donkey's bray. Yes! Her abdomen cramped as she laughed at his impersonation. Come, let's be on our way. Giving her a broad grin, Joseph hoisted her onto the animal and grabbed its reins. The clip-clop of the animal hooves on the cobblestones were the only sound to accompany their procession through the village street. No friends calling out their goodbyes, no one handing them gifts and blessing their journey as they had when she had visited her cousin Elizabeth several months ago. How different it was now. Leaving Nazareth, they traveled down the Roman highway that led to Sycor. The main roads would be the safest route. They stayed with groups of other travelers whenever possible to discourage bandits. Joseph insisted they travel slowly for her sake, but that made for longer days. There were no cities close by, so they camped on the side of the road with another family that was also traveling because of the census. The third day of travel seemed as if it would never end. Mary grew more and more uncomfortable by the minute, but she tried not to shift too often so as not to concern her husband. His feet were caked with dust, and blisters were forming on the back of his heels. Her mind drifted to the life forming inside of her. The angel had said that it would be the promised Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. What would it be like to raise a family with God with us? Joseph, hmm? Are you nervous? A smile parted his lips. I hoped you wouldn't notice. The family we camped with said they'd seen a family attacked by bandits on this portion of the road. Mary pursed her lips. What I meant was, about the child. If the Messiah is raised in our house, God will see our every sin." "'God already sees our sin, Mary.' "'Yes, but what will it be like to have a child that—' that? "'He turned to face her. "'I know what you mean. "'I've been thinking about him a lot, too, "'trying to remember all the prophecies. "'King David prophesied that the angels would bear him up, "'that he wouldn't dash his foot against a stone. "'Maybe he won't have to kiss any skinned knees.' "'Mary shook her head.' I don't understand why God chose us. The Messiah deserves so much more than we can give. Why would he come like this to ordinary Nazarenes? I suppose to prove that his love can reach that far. A tug on the reins, and they started moving again. Several hours later, Jerusalem came into sight. High walls encompassed the city, bustling with people. They entered through an arched gateway called the Damascus Gate. Jerusalem was more massive than anything Mary had seen before. They passed the Roman fortress and the high walls of the temple. I came here for the first time when I was thirteen for my pilgrimage. "'Joseph shouted over the noise of the crowds. "'Ever since, we have come every year at Passover. "'That's a tradition I intend to carry on in our family. "'Jerusalem is amazing. "'I would like that. "'I would like to see the inside of the temple. "'You'll get that chance after the birth.' "'Mary's eyes flitted about. "'There was so much to observe, "'so many things she had never seen before.' They passed rows of tiny houses lined up like soldiers. When they neared Zion's Gate, Joseph pointed to a beautiful palace. That is the palace of the high priest. It was early evening by the time they passed through the gate, the noise of the city fading behind them. Mary's strength began to dwindle. How much longer? Bethlehem's still about five miles. I'm hoping we can make it before dark. Five miles? She hoped she could make it that long, but as the minutes wore on at the donkey's slow pace she began to get nervous. Every once in a while her stomach would tighten, beads of sweat trickled down her temples, the cramping in her stomach worsened, and each time lasted a little longer. She soon became very uncomfortable. Joseph glanced back at her. Are you all right? Yes, I'm fine, she said while holding her breath. Her reply must not have convinced him, because he picked up the pace. We'll be there soon. She needed a distraction. Joseph, will you recite the Torah for me, to make the time pass faster? What passages should I recite? I don't know, Joseph. Just something. Please. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For, lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. A contraction seized her, and she slumped over. Not that one, something else. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, He is my defense, I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in Him at all times, ye people, pour out your heart before Him, God is a refuge for us." The contraction subsided, and Joseph urged the donkey to walk faster. The donkey's rapid gait caused Mary to lurch from side to side. She gripped the mane to steady herself. Another contraction, this time sending a surge of pain through her entire body. Gripping her stomach with one hand and trying not to fall off the donkey with the other, she let out a fearful cry. Joseph was instantly at her side, his eyes filled with alarm, "'Mary, what is it? Are you all right, the child?' she said between breaths. He, he, "'He's coming. Now? Can you hold on just a little longer? I don't know, Joseph. I don't know!' Lunging for the reins, he started jogging down the road, urging the donkey to match his pace. I help us get there in time!' That's from The Swaddling Clothes by Amber Shamel. You will find the whole book in the iTunes store and at audible.com. If you've been considering an Audible membership, you can get this book as a free download when you sign up. Click on the icon on my website for more details. I'll give you that address in a minute. If you prefer to just download the book at a single low price, go to my website and click on the cdbaby.com link for the book. So what's the website? It's narrationbygeorge.com slash books. At the top of the page, you'll find an icon for the swaddling clothes. Click on that icon to find out more about the book and to find the links for purchasing your downloadable copy of the book. You know, I'd love to hear from you, your comments about my teaching as well as about my audiobooks. I'd love to know what you think. You can write to me just by emailing if you'd like. I am george at narrationbygeorge.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. Please like the page. Search for Narration by George under facebook.com. Or on Twitter. Follow me there. I'm Narration by Geo. So that's our time for today. Join me again in two weeks for another Narration by George podcast, the podcast on audiobooks, spiritual ideas, and other items of interest. In the meantime, God has blessed you. Share that blessing with someone else.